Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Over the past several weeks, we've been exploring the women of the Bible. And we ended our exploration of the Old Testament women with some of the bad girls in the Bible, with Jezebel and with Athaliah. And then Monday, we moved up to the New Testament and we met Mary Magdalene, emphatically not a prostitute, rather one of Jesus' closest and most intimate friends and companions. Mary Magdalene supported Jesus' ministry out of her own pocket. She was there at the foot of the cross with him and Mary and John. She was the one who went to the tomb and found it empty. And she was the one who was sent by Jesus himself to the apostles to tell them what she had seen, that he had risen. I called her, and rightfully so, I think, the apostle to the apostles. Well, today, I'd like to meet a couple more women who were friends with Jesus, Mary and Martha, along with their brother, Lazarus. Now, we read in the Gospel according to Luke that even when Jesus was a child, it was his family's custom every year at Passover to go to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage festival. That happened when he was 12 years old. Remember, he was lost at the temple. And he would go every year thereafter. Now, during his public ministry, when Passover came along, and perhaps Pentecost and Tabernacles as well, Jesus and his disciples would travel from Capernaum, up on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, all the way to Jerusalem. The way they would travel is to leave Capernaum, walk south along the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, past Magdala, and I'll bet Mary Magdalene joined up with them there, and then on down to Beit Shan, or Scythopolis in Roman times, where they would cross the Jordan River to the east side, and then continue south all the way down to opposite Jericho, where John the Baptist baptized Jesus and had been baptizing others as well. They would then ford the Jordan River back to the west side at Jericho and then walk up the long 17.3-mile Roman road from Jericho, 900 feet below sea level, to Jerusalem at 2,500 feet above sea level. A long walk. Now, I've walked that myself. I didn't walk from Jericho up to Jerusalem. I walked down from Jerusalem to Jericho. My mom didn't raise no fool for a son. But that long walk up the hill is a one-day walk. The entire journey for men traveling together, walking about 30 miles per day, which is what a Roman soldier was expected to cover, would take about three days. So Jesus and his companions would arrive at the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem on the evening of the third day. Now, Passover in Jerusalem. Normally, Jerusalem had a population of about 100,000 people. But at Passover, the major pilgrimage festival, Jews from all over the Roman Empire came to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. And the city would host upwards of a million people. 
So if you were traveling, if you were a local, like Jesus was, living in Galilee, traveling about 90 miles south, where would you stay during that time? A million people in town. All the hotels, as it were, were booked. Well, Jesus had friends. And we read in Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Jerusalem, he came to a village, the village of Bethany, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Now that in itself is unusual, because a disciple, one who sat at the teacher's feet, they were invariably men. But here's Mary of Bethany sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him. She's accepted by him as one of his students, as it were. But Martha, oh, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. After all, she has Jesus and his 12 friends as house guests, and she's making dinner. So Martha is working away in the kitchen while Mary is seated at Jesus' feet listening to him speak. Martha came to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. And then Jesus said and did one of the most dangerous things of his entire public ministry. He looked at Martha and he said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Well, I think Jesus had a serious risk of being hit upside the head with a frying pan. But here are the two sisters, Mary and Martha, the contemplative one and the active one. And you know, in the spiritual life, you need both. It's sort of like breathing in and breathing out. But Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus became very close friends of Jesus. In the morning, Jesus would leave Bethany, go about a quarter mile up the hill to the top of the Mount of Olives on the east side, and then down the west side of the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem, which was about a 10-minute walk, not very far at all. From halfway down that hill, the Garden of Gethsemane is there. From the Garden of Gethsemane directly across to the Temple Mount is 320 yards. I measured it with my laser rangefinder. Everything in Israel is small and close. But Jesus and his companions would be at the southern steps of the temple. He would be teaching there. And all the things were going on, a million people in town. And at the end of the day, they would all meet up at the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember when Jesus is arrested? They knew to go to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest him because that's where the group met up. They didn't all walk along holding Jesus' hand all day long. They had things to do too. And they all came together say prior to dinner, at the Garden of Gethsemane. They'd meet up, then walk up the hill, over the top of the Mount of Olives, to Bethany, 
where they would have dinner at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, as we see here in our story in Luke chapter 10. And that went on three times a year, perhaps. Jesus got to know Mary, Martha, and Lazarus quite well. Now, turn over with me to the Gospel according to John at chapter 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, this is not Mary at the home of Simon the Pharisee. This is Mary of Bethany. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, we covered this story in a previous podcast, and I'll move through it quickly just to confront the sisters. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, we read in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. He was down at Jericho, crossed the Jordan River to the east side, and was in the eastern mountain range. He stayed. And we learned why in a previous podcast. By the time the messenger got to Jesus, Lazarus had already died. So, Jesus finally goes back. And in verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Jesus had raised a child, Jairus' daughter, who had just died. Jesus had raised the widow of Nain's son, who had died and was stone-cold dead for upwards of a day and being carried to his grave. But now Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Bethany, the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. About a quarter of a mile from the top of the Mount of Olives and then down into the city itself, say two miles. Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Now when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. So she left Bethany, went down the east side of the Mount of Olives to meet him. Mary stayed at home in Bethany. Mary was distraught. She was weeping, mourning her brother. But Martha, well, he was a bit, she was a bit angry. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. And when she did, she said, Lord, much in the same tone as the problem at dinner. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, I, but even now, God will give you whatever you ask. You should have been here. You should have known. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
And Jesus said, I'm not talking about the resurrection in the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. Martha is very definitive about her belief. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. And she said, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. So he was waiting there. And Mary arrived. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, collapsed to her knees, and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, would not have died. Notice the difference. Martha, I can just see her, folding her arms across her chest and saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Mary's tone is very different. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, would not have died. She spoke that through tears, through sobs. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and profoundly troubled. He was angry. Not at Mary, not at Martha, not at their friends, but at death. This is not God's plan. When God created everything, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and there was no death. We were meant to live eternally in an intimate covenant relationship with God. And then sin entered the world, and death followed sin. And Jesus is angry at death, angry at sin, angry at Satan. And he said in a harsh tone, Where have you laid him? Come and see, they replied. And then Jesus out of grief, out of frustration, we read the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. And then the Jews said to him, see how he loved him. Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They were intimate, close friends. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man, the man born blind, have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. 
was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take that stone away, he said. And Martha, oh, practical Martha, said, But Lord, by this time, there's a bad odor. For he's been there for four days. Or, as the King James Version reads, But Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing right here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Dead silence. And then, from within the tomb, a dark tomb, a glaring bright light outside, from within the tomb, they heard shuffling and rustling. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, get that stuff off of him and let him go. And that's what they did. Therefore, verse 45 of John 11, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. Now we've got big trouble because Jesus will be coming into town with a dead man walking. Oh my gosh. Well, in chapter 12 of John, six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Again, a dinner party at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Now, isn't that odd? Lazarus had been dead for four days, and now here he is at the dinner party. And then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. That was the reference we saw earlier on. Not the sinful woman at the home of Simon the, Pharisee, Simon the Pharisee, but Mary right here at the dinner party, six days before Passover. And as only John can write, because John was there, he was an eyewitness. And John, in this Proustian moment, like Marcel Proust, smelling the Madeline and the, and the smell taking him back to his childhood. We read, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. John, 60 years later, can smell that perfume in his mind. What a scene. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, says John, 
objected. And he said, wait, wait, wait. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, John tells us, and John did not like Judas at all. John said, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus replied in a rather harsh tone to Judas. Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Why did Mary of Bethany anoint Jesus with that expensive perfume as she sat at his feet listening to him speak? Jesus knew he was headed for the cross. After the transfiguration, at the Mount of Transfiguration, the goal, uh, north of Caesarea Philippi, at Mount Hermon, he headed directly toward Jerusalem and the cross. He went there for a purpose, and that purpose was to die on that cross for our sins. He knew it. But Mary of Bethany was so close to him and so intimate with him and so attuned to him that she looked into his eyes. She heard his voice. She looked into his very soul. And she knew, she knew what was coming. Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. I want to be close to Christ. I want to be intimate with Christ. I think we all do. The apostles certainly were. They were with him. 24-7 for three years, they heard him teach and preach. They were eyewitnesses to all the miracles. But Mary of Bethany was so close to Jesus, so intimate with Jesus, that she felt what he felt. She responded at a profound level to Jesus' own inner thoughts and feelings. And I'll tell you, I would rather be in the line of Mary of Bethany than in the line of all the apostles put together. I want to be so close to Christ that I feel what he feels and he feels what I feel. And that's the lesson we get from Mary of Bethany. Another woman, like Mary Magdalene, who is very close to Jesus. And we don't find any of the men close to him in that way. So Mary of Bethany, her sister Martha, and Lazarus. Now that brings us to the end of Wednesday's podcast. We'll be back on Friday, and we'll have a look at a couple more women of the Bible. Okay, thank you guys. Blessings to you all. Bye-bye now.